brother i'm grace hello brother i'm stephanie and this is doppelgangers today we're talking about season five episode four of the vampire diaries which is called for whom the bell tolls i knew this had to be a big episode from the name an obvious parallel to pretty little liars season one finale with the same title i wouldn't call it an obvious parallel (laughs) well in my head yeah (laughs) i quickly made the connection sure (laughs) But of course, bell tolling is very much like people are paying for their mistakes. People are, what's the word? Um, Repenting. That theme kind of comes into this episode a little bit. Yeah. Paying for mistakes, death, bells. Denouements. The truth comes out. The truth comes out. Yes. Revelations. Other synonyms. Bible. Bible. (laughs) As always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. While Mystic Falls observes its traditional Remembrance Day to honor the dead, sure, Damon (laughs) and Elena try to help Stefan through a confusing time, a task that ends up taking Elena on an emotional journey of her own. A worried Matt tries to figure out the reason behind his mysterious blackouts, and Caroline makes an effort to get to know Jesse better. Jeremy makes a startling confession that hits Damon hard. Finally, Dr. Maxfield puts a plan in motion that will change everything. He had that plan ready. He was a little bit too prepared. Yeah, he was a little too excited about that. But we'll get there when we get there. We start the episode in a car. At first, it seems like it's Damon's car, but given that they total it, I think it's just a new car they stole tonight. They say that they stole it, yeah. Yeah, uh, but they don't say when they stole it. So That's true. Either way, they're in a car. Stefan <laughs> is reading one of his titular vampire diaries, and he reads an entry from March 12th, 1922. A little party never killed nobody. Post his uh, long friendship with Klaus. He says in the journal, I blacked out for days, woke up in the stranger's blood in places I don't recognize with women I don't remember. I feel alive again. And Stefan says, okay, well, I've re- I think I've read enough. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, buddy. <laughs> and Damon says, nada. And Stefan says, look, I know nada means nothing. I know what day it is. I know what year it is. I know this car has a V8 engine. And yet I am two journals deep and I have absolutely no memory of who the hell I am. So there's a little bit of amnesia logistics for us. Yeah, like what does he remember? What does he not? Yeah, he seems to have retained like logistical knowledge, but no like human. Nothing personal, nothing about like his lived experiences. And he seems very thrown off by the fact that he's a vampire. Yeah, which is goofy. Like that that's what he forgot, which like, you know, I know if you have amnesia and you don't know anything about your lived experiences, like you're not going to notice that you feel different as a vampire. But like, do you not like smell blood and be like, that's weird. He's like, why are my emotions so heightened? Yeah. Why is everything so loud? (laughs) And then Stefan holds up a blood bag that he's drinking from and says, is this supposed to fill me up? And Damon says, well, yes and no. Technically, yes, because you're a vampire. Stefan says, weird. (laughs) <laughs> Damon says realistically no because you're you and Stefan says ah oh, yes I know this because I've been reading the journal the insatiable bloodthirsty ripper vampire of Monterey he didn't have to say vampire it's redundant <laughs> he doesn't know that he's just learning he's terms <laughs> Damon says and we're only to the 1920s baby Stefan says sorry about this it's a lot to process he rolls down the window to litter and this does not fly with Damon Mm-mm. Damon says hey you're a vampire not a caveman Damon Salvatore head of Greenpeace he said, we are immortal. We need to protect our planet. Climate change affects <laughs> us all. He said, I'm with her. With who? The Earth. Oh. <laughs> Mother Nature. 
<laughs> Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Stefan says, let me get this straight. I helped you steal this car. I found out I was a vampire who killed his own father, and yet I don't litter. Well, you got to draw the line somewhere, is the thing. <laughs> David says, you're a man of principle who had his memories erased by a 2,000-year-old witch, in case we didn't watch last week's episode or forgot. Yeah, I just need a little reminder. Yeah. Stefan says, well, I bet that 2,000-year-old witch drives faster than you. And then he says, wait, let me guess. He points to himself and he says, fun, brother. And then he points to Damon and says, safe, brother. It really goes back and forth. It's hard to put you guys in a binary. There's some things that are very fun about both of you and some things that are very not fun about both of you. At first I was like, Stefan's not the fun brother. And I was like, well, Damon's not really the fun brother, though. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, who's the fun brother? It depends on your definition of fun. Is killing the girl you're in love with's brother fun? Or is driving the girl you're in love with off a bridge fun? Like, what's <laughs> what's what's goofy? What's fun? What's now, fun? What what's I, goofy? Like, I think if you had to make a distinction, I would call Damon the fun brother. Yes, I think that's fair. But I think it's it's oversimplifying his personality significantly. And regardless of what distinction we make, Damon clearly identifies as the fun brother. Yeah. So this comment from Stefan just really rocks his world because he does consider himself the fun brother. That is what you know he thinks won Elena over. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, yeah. But I would say it was more like true love. Yeah, just true love, soulmates, true stuff. love and passion, whatever. Wouldn't say that it's fun. Again, fun if, didn't bring her to Stephanie either. So if we're pulling the whole group, like you're not even close. You're not even in the top three of fun. Honestly, yeah. Elena's more fun than both of them. Let's be honest. Which is embarrassing if Elena's yeah. more fun than you. Tyler is more fun than both of them. Klaus is more fun than both of them. Yeah, you could even make an argument for Matt. You could actually before this season. I think this season he's losing it a little bit, but um, that's fair enough. But I think that's earned. They're in the same level. Anyway, Damon laughs because he says that is so wrong. You don't even understand. And then he speeds up. <laughs> Stefan says, oh, what are you doing? Damon says, you trust me? And Stefan says, do I have a choice? Damon says, nope. Um, And then in a super, super fun, super silly, goofy thing. This is so fun. This is what makes Damon the fun brother. He just flips the car and gets them into a pretty catastrophic car accident. It rolls over like 10 times. And it's like, I don't know, maybe this is the a version of a roller coaster for you, but this doesn't seem fun to me. And they fly out of the car, which means they definitely didn't have seatbelts on. <laughs> Super fun. Yeah, because there's nothing funnier than totaling a car. You don't litter, but someone's going to have to clean up that car. Yeah, you won't litter, but you will. Like... But you'll steal someone's car and total it. Yeah, and make it so that no one can drive on this like two-lane road. And not for nothing, like, you left the blood bag in the car, so you did still litter that blood bag. Yeah, if we're being technical. <laughs> Stefan says, oh, I got it. You're the fun brother. And they laugh. Ha ha ha. It, it's so fun. I wish that Damon had been like, I am the fun brother. And then he just drove them to McDonald's. <laughs> and he's like, you can get anything you want. He drives them to, like, Six Flags. It's like, who's the fun brother now? Imagine if they <laughs> crashed and Stefan said, okay, so you're not the safe brother, but I'm still the fun brother, right? And Stefan would be like, what? This is not fun. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. It looks like a library section. Who knows? Elena's walking around. She's on the phone. She's talking to Caroline. She says, please tell me I wasn't out of my mind leaving Damon in charge of Vampire Amnesia 101. You weren't out of your mind. He's known Stefan longer. He's clearly the better choice. None of you know what, like, what you're dealing with here. So you might as well let Damon do it. But of course you won't. You'll just take it into your own hands because you think you know everything. Because if it's not about Elena, she don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline says, what did he say exactly? And Elena says, oh, he's only texted me once. It says, so far, so good. 
which in Damon speak and Caroline says means they probably devoured a troop of Girl Scouts by now. Or it just means so far so good. Or it means like some memories are coming back. Like, do you think Damon is stupid enough to let him kill a million people? I mean, maybe, but. Damon has interacted with Stefan enough to not let him kill someone on accident. It's not 1912 anymore. Yeah. Like he knows when, how to control him a little bit. Yes. Keep him in check. Caroline says, just kidding, kind of. Although it's not uncommon for patients with retrograde amnesia or other traumatic brain injuries to turn volatile. She's so slay for that. (laughs) Elena says, okay, Dr. Forbes, since (laughs) when do you know so much about amnesia? And Caroline says, it is possible that I studied up on my chem, biochem applied microbio, molecular bio, and Grey's Anatomy, the real one and the TV show. I'm obsessed with her going from being a theater major to being like, I'll just learn biology. Yeah. Just for giggles, essentially. Yeah. Just to get into a class that she doesn't even want to take just because she got kicked out. She's so real. Yeah. She's so like me. Elena says, you did all that for Stefan? And she says, of course I did. Sterling girlies. (laughs) It's coming. I was worried this episode was going to be like full Stelena. And it had its Delana moments, but I would classify this as Stelena episode to be sure, mm-hmm. which I'm much more willing to handle than I'm not interested in Stelena. I mean, boring, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. I love to watch certain Stelena things. And this is like the perfect kind of Stelena episode because, and we can talk more about Stelena as we go on. I don't mean to get ahead of myself, but what is so beautiful about Stelena is the just like pure love they have for each other. But the problem is like, that's not enough in their complicated lives. And so for this day, they get to kind of just experience just that love with none of the other pieces. I don't know. I I feel like it's fucked up on Elena's part to pretend it's that simple and let Stefan believe it. I do think that Elena wasn't doing this on purpose, but I do think that she maybe should have been a little bit more thoughtful in the way she was speaking to him. Yeah. And maybe should have checked with Damon what he told him. Anyway, but we'll get into all that. We'll get into that. For now, Caroline says, oh, I'm also trying to impress Dr. Maxfield. I figured if I could get closer to him, i.e. into his bio class, maybe I can figure out why he covered up our roommate's murder by vampire. And uh, it's possible I have a study buddy. She goes into Dr. Maxfield's lab and we see Dr. Maxfield there with Jesse. And she says, hi, Dr. Maxfield. And she goes, ready to study, Jesse? Because she's like, I'm here. Hello. (laughs) She said, stop. I'm proud of it. I'm involved. I'm a woman in STEM. <laughs> Elena says, Jesse, Dr. Maxfield's incredibly hot, funny, and miraculously single lab assistant. No one's miraculously single. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, and Dr. Maxfield has one lab assistant. Okay. Only one incredibly hot, funny, miraculously single lab assistant. The other lab assistants are ugly. We only see him in the lab. Well, he's the only character we care about. But I mean, they could hire an extra to sit there and work with my pet. But to what end? Realism. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't realize this yeah, episode this... of the Vampire Diaries wasn't realistic enough for you. <laughs> My, that's something they, they worry about. It's realism. Yeah. I think it's more suspicious for Dr. Maxfield, but I'll get into why. Yeah, later. I mean, we'll get into the suspiciousness of Dr. Maxfield, to be sure. <laughs> to be sure. Caroline says, oh, I'm tracking him to, and Jesse is the him, to our hometown graveyard bell ringing ceremony. She says this like we're supposed to be familiar with it. And also that this is, you know, just a study date. Yeah. What kind of study date is also an event? Go to a Starbucks. <laughs> go to a Starbucks or go to the event. Elena says, as in creepy first date. Carolyn says, as in a study date. And while I'm there, I might as well ring a bell for Tyler and me, considering our relationship is on its deathbed. It's in the coffin, babe. Yeah. It's, it's underground. It's on its deathbed and it's dead. It was on its deathbed two months ago. Now it's dead. Yeah. 
There's no bed anymore. It's decomposing. They're waiting for the trash bag at this point, girl. In the lab, Jesse says, see you Monday, Doc. Dr. Maxfield says, stay out of trouble. And by that, he meant get in a very specific kind of trouble. Then come back here immediately after. <laughs> On the phone, Carolyn says to Elena, will I see you there? You can bring Stefan. I mean, it is ironically called Remembrance Day. She's got a point. Elena says, look, I hope so, but it just depends on how Stefan is handling the whole download of his dark and stormy past. Um, Jesse approaches Caroline, so Caroline says, like, all right, well, I'll talk to you later. I hang up. At the grill, some random guy rings a bell and says, to Uncle Steve. And the whole bar says, yeah, to Uncle Steve. Everybody takes a shot, including Damon and Stefan. Because they don't need much of a reason to take a shot. They're ready whenever. Yeah, with that bell or not, they're taking shots. And so this must, this is like the common bell everyone can, you know, announce who they want to remember. Don't let Elena near that. She'll hog it. Yeah, she'll monopolize that. She'll be like, Jenna, look. And they'll be like, girl, give us a turn. You can only do one relative at a time. Stefan says, wow, is this town always so upbeat about dead people? Damon says, well, in the theme of morbid town tradition, you go back to the 1820s when everyone was so paranoid about cholera, they'd occasionally bury a body a wee bit before it's time. Stefan says, oh, so we have a holiday dedicated to burying people alive. New Mystic Falls holiday just dropped. Everyone, it's Remembrance Day. We haven't seen it before. This is a fun one. I got to give it to him. I know. This one, I would travel to Mystic Falls for this. If it was like up to an hour away, I'd do it. Maybe more if I'm feeling it. Damon says, well, they were so paranoid that they would actually request to be buried with a string attached to a bell above ground. And then the whole family would hang around the grave for 24 hours in hopes of hearing the bell and their loved one would come back. But now it's just a really kick-ass excuse to get hammered. I do think there's actually historical... I was going to say, I do think this is actually true. Mm -hmm. I don't think the reasoning is the same. Like, I don't think they, like, waited to be like, maybe they'll come back. I think it was like, let's sit and wait. Like, it wasn't like, please come back. It was like, let's see. The reasoning, I think, was just like, "Mm, we'll put a bell there. And if some grave digger hears it, he'll dig them up. It wasn't so active on the parts of the families. But I do think this is historically accurate with some fun Vampire Diaries-esque touches. Julie Pleck, you nailed it. A bartender comes to grab their glasses. She's got a bob and a tank top. Her neck is exposed, so her trajectory is pretty clear from the jump. Yeah, so we get her a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Damon says hello, and Stefan looks very longingly at her neck. Like, he is wide-eyed just staring at that neck, and it's like, Stefan, you gotta hide it a little bit. Like, anyone within 50 feet can tell you're a vampire right now. <laughs> Damon, of course, clocks this, because how could he not? And so he says to the waitress, like, hey, sweetie, we would, like, love another round, please. And she says... Yeah, okay, you got it. She leaves. Stefan says, what the hell was that? What do you mean, what the hell was that? You were looking at her neck. (laughs) You you can't do the math? You know you're a vampire. It's not that complicated. Damon says, that, my brother, was you jonesing for something a little stronger than a blood bag. Stefan says, so what's the problem? You spent the whole day trying to convince me I was a vampire. I'm convinced. Let me act like one. Fair enough. Yeah, he said, okay, cool. Can I go go get some of that? He's like, oh, awesome. So I crave human blood. That's great. So I just bite her then? Yeah. Damon says, well, unfortunately, there are two types of vampires. Those that can handle moderation and you. And Stefan says, man, come on. Stefan says, well, I'm no shrink, right? Because <laughs> he's not sure. Because he doesn't know. Paul Wesley, comedic acting king. He really nails it. He's getting a lot of fun acting stuff to do this season. Like- they give Paul Wesley so much more to do the more the show goes on. Because Stefan as a character, I think, works in the broody way we saw him in the first few seasons. Mm-hmm. But Paul Wesley's just funny. There's just a, a natural comedic timing to him. I feel like Ian Summerholder, like he has comedic timing, but I do think it had to be coached. He learned how to act with comedic timing and he's really great at it. But I think he's 
a little less comedically inclined in his everyday life. Yeah. Which is not to say he's not like fun, I'm sure, but I don't think you would describe him as funny. Yes, I agree. Stefan goes on to psychoanalyze himself. He says, maybe killing our father and turning you into a vampire and all the trauma associated with that is what made me become a vampire who fed on people and then ripped their heads off. But now that I don't have all those memories and all that guilt, maybe the Ripper thing won't be such a problem. This isn't like a crazy thought process. Like, I think this is possible. The logic is trackable for sure. But it's definitely like you just stared at that girl's neck hard as fuck. So hard to say. Like, let's not completely ignore that you wanted to drink her blood. And also what Damon says, I think is true is like, let's not try it out. Yeah. Like, maybe this is true, but let's not, like, allow you to feed on a human and just hope. Well, let's just, like, see how you do with some blood bags for a little bit. Let's keep an eye on it. Maybe we can try it under the close supervision of me. Yeah. But you cannot go hang out with the waitress by yourself. Damon maybe should have said exactly that because he kept it a little too vague. (laughs) He kept it a little open-ended. And Stefan, in this current form, is not really into nuance. Yeah. Elsewhere, the bell rings, they cheers, and then Elena approaches, and she says, and here I thought catching up on nearly two centuries would be a drag. And Stefan says, remind me of your name again. And she is like, what the fuck? She said, I'm going to burn this girl down. She said, you're in love with me? Remember? We're still Elena. I'm Elena Gilbert. The love of your life, even though you're not the love of mine. Even though I don't care for you anymore in that way. Even though I'm not really interested, but you're in love with me. But you haven't given up on on your feelings yet. So you should, I mean, love should conquer amnesia, I think. She says, Elena. And he says, ah, Elena, right. (laughs) And Elena says to Damon, you haven't told him about me? Yeah, she's like, what were you guys talking about all day? Yeah, it's like, girl, he actually had a lot of shit going on before you met. She's like, I didn't come up yet? Girl, you've known him for four years. They've known each other for 160. There's a lot to cover, especially considering he didn't know he was a vampire. Yeah, but he had to be like, okay, so compulsion is, (laughs) you have to be invited in, but garlic's fine. But garlic's fine. And you love bourbon. That's the most important thing. That's number one. Damon says, well, 200 years is a long time. The bell rings again. And Elena says, right. And then they all take a shot together. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy is doing push-ups in the entryway. Being sexy. Bonnie's just sitting there watching. And he sees her and she says, don't stop on my account. He laughs. He gets up. He's like, oh my God, sorry. I just went for a run. Like, what are you doing here? And she says, it's not like there's Netflix where I am. You working out is my main source of entertainment. This is goofy because like, go watch Netflix with someone. Someone's watching Netflix. I don't say it's entertainment. (laughs) Checking in what Kitsy is doing. Or, you know me, I'm listening to this Damon Stefan connection because I'm intrigued by what's going on there, yeah. right? Or I'm going and checking out like Dr. Maxfield. Like there's a ton of threads I could follow. Yeah. Jeremy says, I was just working off the extra adrenaline. And Bonnie says, Yeah, and every girl on the other side thanks you for it. Not every, every girl. girl. Bonnie. If I'm on the other side, you know what I'm doing? Getting close to Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, there are plenty of people to follow around. I am watching Chris Evans shower. Can you imagine the other side everywhere that you, that you go? Like you're in the room and you're by yourself. But if you could see everyone on the other side in Chris Evans' room, it's like a sea of people. Like those fish on SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> they all move like a wave. Jeremy says, so is this our new thing? You make dead jokes while I avoid all our friends on your behalf? It's not your new thing. It's your continuing thing. You've been doing this all summer. 
Yeah, because Jeremy's like, I got to be honest, like, this is less funny considering, like, people are asking about you more and more. It's getting harder to lie about this. It's weird that I'm still lying about it, if I'm honest. She says, there's nothing I can do to get Stefan's memory back, Jeremy. And he says, yeah, but they don't know that because they don't know you're dead. They're waiting for you to help them because that's what you do. You help. And she says, what happened to you being there for me and my decisions? And he says, well, I want to, but not like this. He said, honestly, it's getting old. Yeah. Then he gets a call. He has his phone in his armband. Matt says, hey, you got a second? I'm kind of freaking out over here. And Jeremy says, yeah, what's going on? So Jeremy heads over to the Lockwood house. Matt takes out the knife he had on him last episode when he like woke up in the entryway. And he says, so I woke up last night covered in mud with this knife. And Jeremy says, okay, weird. And Jeremy's like, what do you want me to do about it? Okay. Were you in the mud? Well, the good news is when he, when he found the knife, you know, it was sheathed at least. So that's a plus. Matt says, I have no idea where it came from. I blacked out and I'm pretty sure it's not the first time. And Jeremy says, oh, well, how many times have you died wearing the Gilbert ring? And Matt says, I actually don't think it's the Gilbert ring that's messing with me. It's got to have something to do with why Silas couldn't mind control me. He saw something or someone or whatever that check freak put in my head. And I think it's still there. Critical thinking, Matt. Good guess. He's doing a good job. Jeremy then sees a video camera in the corner of the room. And he says, what's that? It's a video camera, Jeremy. Matt says, <laughs> oh, I set all these cameras up all over the house to, you know, help me figure out how I'm losing time. BTW, have you talked to Bonnie? I think she's the only person who might know what's going on here. And Jeremy's like, not this again. You can't all ask me for her, okay? It's getting away from me. Jeremy says, yeah, she's in D.C. with her mom or something. Matt says, so she can't pick up? It's getting increasingly weird. Like, why is she still traveling? Like, how many places are there to see? Yeah, it's like, why is she still traveling? And even if she were traveling, why can't she text me back? Because Jeremy, we know, is managing her communications. And he seems to be pretty bad at it. But he's the only secretary she's got. Matt says, I sent her like 300 emails this summer and she writes back twice. Did I do something to piss her off? And Jeremy's like, I'm going to be honest with you, buddy. It got away from me. She had a lot of line edits on Elena's emails. And by the time that was done, I just wasn't interested in doing another one. I was just exhausted from the day. Jeremy says, "Uh, she hasn't mentioned anything. And Matt says, I just, I need you to help me get in contact with her. I haven't slept. I'm scared. I'm going crazy. I need her help. And Jeremy says, I got to go. <laughs> says, what? Where? Yeah, he can't even hide it anymore. Then we go over to the grill. Elena and Damon are sitting without Stefan. Uh, Stefan is over talking to the waitress. So maybe don't let him do that. Yeah. Elena says, so Mr. So far so good. Mr. I can handle my brother. Mr. I know what I'm doing. Get to your point, girl. He says, I never said I know what I'm doing. She takes out her phone and holds up to her ear. And he's like, who are you calling? <laughs> and she says, Bonnie, a witch did this to him. So maybe a witch could undo it. And Damon says, I'm on top of it, sister. I called her 10 times and she hasn't called me back. So are you on top of it? Damon says, like, I say until she calls back, let's let Stefan be fun, carefree, drunk Stefan without 100 years of vampire guilt on his shoulders. Elena says, well, that guilt came from a blood addiction that might still be hardwired in his brain. Yeah. So let's make sure he doesn't drink any blood. So let's take him away from that waitress he's standing next to. <laughs> Damon says, you take one philosophy class. Now you're the queen of nature versus nurture. Not philosophy, king. Yeah, not philosophy. Damon, that's psychology, babe. <laughs> and then they look up and Stefan's gone. And Elena says, where'd he go? Damon says, you don't see that cute little waitress anywhere, do you? Why are you letting him talk to any waitress? I mean, do the math. Waitress, bartender, that is his bread and butter. Yeah, too easy. 
Then we go to, you know, the kitchen of the grill or some back room because the waitress is there alone and there's no chefs. The waitress has a bottle of ketchup. She's probably going to refill it or something. She goes to wash her hands and Stefan appears and he says, don't scream, don't move. He compels her. And then he says, look, I don't want to hurt you. You seem really nice. It's not like I want to rip your head off, but I keep being told that if I have one taste, I won't be able to stop. And although the thought of killing you scares the hell out of me, this feeling of hunger that I have inside of me is just so much more powerful. He's monologuing. Yeah, and she's like, are you going to get to the point anytime soon? (laughs) She's gone. I don't even want to scream because I'm so bored. I'm going to fall asleep. You didn't tell me not to speak. I just have nothing to say to this bullshit. (laughs) And then his fangs come out. He's ready to bite. But Damon grabs him before he really gets too far. And Damon says, today I'm the safe brother. That really got to him, that comment. (laughs) Stefan's like, oh, so that hurt your feelings when I said that. I'm sorry, was that personal? (laughs) Is it important to you that you're the fun brother? (laughs) Then we go over to the cemetery. People are drinking at graves. Damon and Stefan and Elena are walking to the cemetery. They walk by a tombstone. And Stefan says, what kind of name is Honoria Fell? Great question. Great question. Uh, But then Damon says, shh, you're kind of the one that killed her. (laughs) And he's kind of like, oops. Sorry, girl. And then they go into the Salvatore crypt. Damon says, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, way too much temptation at the bar. So let's go to another place with a crowd of people, you dumb fuck. Yeah, let's go to another place where people are, all the humans are drinking. Are you an idiot? Why don't we gather at the Salvatore house, you dumbass? And also, did you really need hindsight to tell you going to a bar was a bad idea? Let's be so honest. He's wanted his bourbon too bad. Yeah, he's like, I just need a drink. He's really missing Rick. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I just want to go to the bar with someone. And I guess it's my amnesiac brother. Damon says, so if this ripper gene is biological, then we need to minimize human contact till we get your brain all witchy wood back to normal. So here it is. Stefan says, oh, so this is the family crypt. Is there anybody here I didn't kill? There is something funny about the idea of the ripper gene being biological, given the Silas connection. Oh, interesting. And also, I don't know, Damon doesn't have it, but... Just something interesting if we're thinking about doppelgangers and rippers and kind of how Stefan became a ripper in any sense. Because I do think we're also going to go a a route, and I'll get into this later, of studying the biology of vampires. Do you think that all Silas doppelgangers are rippers? Potentially. Do you think any other vampires other than Silas doppelgangers are rippers? Yeah, but I think maybe there's more to overcome as a Silas doppelganger because- Man, Stefan struggles with it in a way that no one else seems to. Yeah, Stefan really <laughs> goes through it. Just throwing that out. That's a good point. Damon runs through the Salvatore family members who we've met and mourned. He says, well, we've covered our father who art in hell. He rings the bell. <laughs> that he is. He says, Uncle Zach, my bad. He rings the bell. Stephanie's boyfriend. Rest in peace. My first ever Vampire Diaries boyfriend. We haven't mentioned him in a while. <laughs> but I haven't forgotten. <laughs> And then Damon says, on the bright side, our mother died of consumption. He rings the bell. Then Damon gets a text from Jeremy that says, I need to talk to you alone. Alone in all caps. So nothing good. <laughs> yeah, but Damon doesn't clock that as bad news. He just says, I got to go see a man about a witch. Party without me. And then he leaves a bottle for Stefan and says, brother, for you. And then he gives Elena the bell and says, and this is for you. And then he leaves. Stefan turns to Elena and he says, well, I certainly hope your family history was happier than mine. Not even a little bit. She said, you know, I would have hoped that too. (laughs) She says, well, let's see. In the last three years, I've lost my adoptive parents, my birth parents, my aunt, our guardian alert, and my brother Jeremy died, although he came back to life. So there's that. And Stefan says, Jeremy that lives in our house? Because he still hasn't tracked all the relationships. He's like, oh, that's who that is? Elena says, yeah. 
after I had a breakdown and burned my house to the ground. Ha ha ha. They giggle. And then she says, what? Because she sees him laughing. And then Stefan begins to turn up the charm. He continues to do this for most of the episode. He says, how do I not remember you? You're smart. You're pretty. You're funny. Obviously, you're the strongest woman in the world if you manage to figure out a way to get through all that. You heard that she burned her house down, right? (laughs) Selective. Did you skip that part? Yeah. He said, I'm going to ignore that one. (laughs) He's turning on the charm. And the thing is, I think Elena does sense that he's like kind of turning on the flirty charm. And she kind of here does try to shut it down a little bit to her credit. I think she also kind of goes with it a little because she's like, you know, if he's having feelings for me at all, then that's a good sign of memories. And so if I keep pulling that thread, maybe he'll get memories. And to her mind, even though Damon told her that he didn't mention her, she's like, well, he must know that Damon and I are together. So me indulging in this is like, fine. Yes. Like, it's just offering some memory. I think it gets away from her. It does, because Stefan's too charming. Especially without any of his, you know, normal, what's the word? Trauma. Trauma. He's a lot more charming because he's not like... He's not weighed down. Yeah, nothing's hindering him from being charming. He's not like, oh, I want to be charming to Elena, but like, I'm not good enough for her. Now he's like, she's hot. This girl's hot. I'm hot. We clearly have a rapport. Let's do this today. (laughs) Who needs memories? This is like him on like just a shit ton of Lexapro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i'll have what he's having (laughs) he's on some kind of cocktail baby yeah he's on some but elena does to her credit kind of try to shut it down a little bit here or try to take it away from the romantic flirtation and just turn it to a positive friendly thing she says i surround myself with amazing people who get me through it like you you're one of those people and he says ah so bonded by death please don't tell me we met in a cemetery she laughs and he says really he says, that was a joke. And she says, well, no, officially we met somewhere else first. You want to see? And he says, sure. Then we go elsewhere in the cemetery. Damon calls Jeremy. And he says, Jeremy Gilbert picks up. It's a Remembrance Day miracle. Tell me you found Bonnie because I have a hungry vampire who forgot he's the hero of the story. And Jeremy says, I need you to come meet me and I need you to come alone. And Damon says, well, I need you to be less vague and weird. And Jeremy's like, that's not really an option today. <laughs> like, just just follow me on this, please. I'm begging. Yeah, Jeremy says, look, I know where Bonnie is. Get over here and I'll explain. Now, Damon should be a little bit more suspicious from here, but I get it. He doesn't want to open that door. Then we go over to Mystic Falls High School. Stefan walks down the hallway. um, As Elena leaves the men's room, they run into each other. And she says, anything? He says, no. Sorry. And then she says, oh, actually, I think you were coming from that direction because I remember looking that way. So maybe let's switch. He says, sure. They, you know, go back and forth a little bit. They giggle, giggle. Stefan's turning it on. Then she holds his shoulders. You know, she runs into him. Uh, she holds his shoulders a little long. And she says, this is where we collided. Now, bitch, Girl, rain it in. You have a boyfriend. This is where I ran into you outside the men's room. Okay? You don't need to use the word collided. <laughs> Literally. This is where I ran. This is where we ran into each other. And this is also notably where we met the second time. Yeah. Not the first. Oh, yeah. We met the first time <laughs> at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> He met her the first time there. She and me, him. Yeah. She says, let's try again, shall we? And Stefan says, hey, Elena, as frustrating as it is for me to not have any memories, I really don't think recreating the time we met is going to magically bring it all back. And she says, yeah, I know. You're right. I'm sorry. It's just that seeing you like this is so strange. And he says, I'm strange. You're the one coming out of the men's bathroom. Do I even want to know why? And she laughs. Ha ha ha. It's like, why is that that funny? I, I fear there's some undertones there that are a little anti-trans. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I hate to say it. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect joke. 
He's got amnesia. He says, you're going to the men's bathroom. Do I even know why? She's like, oh, so you're anti-trans? He's like, what? No. No, no. No, no. Let me go back. I'm flirting. (laughs) She laughs. She says, let's just say I was having a pretty horrible first day. The horrible first day was that her brother smoked weed. Yeah, girl. Would you still call that a horrible first day after, you know, what what has transpired since? I think that was one of your better days. Yeah. And to be fair, yes, it was like three months after her parents died. So that was bad. But also, like, the reason she was storming out of the men's bathroom was because Jeremy, like, had a joint. Let him smoke weed. He should have been allowed to smoke weed. I We said it before. I'll continue to say it. Yeah. I'll stay on this hill. And then some football players come in to the hallway. One of them is bleeding from his head. Stefan, you know, can't help but clock that. And Elena says, oh, come on. I want to show you something. Let's go outside. And he says, yeah. Yeah, because you can tell she's like, oh, we are not staying in here. So they go out to the front of the school. And they're looking at, like, the logo. This is Mystic Falls High, Timberwolves, whatever. She's like, close your eyes. And he says, you close your eyes. He's so flirty. I thought that she was literally about to throw a football at him. <laughs> like, that's what I thought her next plan was. I was like, oh, bringing it way back. I wish she did. <laughs> but no. <laughs> she says, trust me. He smiles. He says, all right. He closes his eyes. She um wishes really quick off camera. <laughs> she gets onto the She says, okay, you can open them. And he sees her on the roof. And she's like, the view's great. Come on up. And he says, how the hell do I get up there? (laughs) And she says, you know, just jump. Just push off with every ounce of strength that you have. He says, okay. He jumps. They're on the roof together. He says, I have to admit, that was pretty amazing. She says, you're the one who wished me up to the top of a Ferris wheel once before I was a vampire. One of the cutest Stelena scenes of all time. Yeah, one of the ones that made me, you know, almost be a Stelena girly. (laughs) It melted your Delena heart a little bit. Just a little bit. It got to me. He says, right. You mean when we dated? He's turning it on, bitch. Yeah, he's like, we dated once, we could date again. He's so playboy. <laughs> she says, I thought Damon hadn't gotten to that part. And he says, I may have amnesia, but I'm not an idiot. He said, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, I, why would I wish you up to the top of a Ferris wheel if you weren't dating? I mean, yeah. first of all, you're hot. I'm hot. Look at us. We're clearly flirting all day. Like, clearly we dated before. He said, you clearly have a very strong memory of us meeting the first time outside of a bathroom. So that's pretty pretty damning yeah he says i'm a 164 year old vampire who went back to high school so i'm guessing that had something to do with you she's like "Mm, you actually were in high school all the time yeah (laughs) she says "Mm, yeah it actually was about me (laughs) she's like that isn't it great how you remember that i was the center of your life and you love me deeply he's speaking her language and so she starts (laughs) again i do think this is elena seeing that like this is the thread to follow to get his memories back Because I do think she's reading this a little bit as like, no, he remembers feelings. He remembers like he must have these feelings from dating, even though he's just putting together clues. Yeah. And she's like, oh, but he knows we're broken up. So clearly, like, he doesn't think anything's going to happen today. Yeah. So she's like, I can just be be a little flirty. My charming self. Yeah. She loves to flirt. Again, I don't think it's on purpose. I think she is just like a charming, pretty girl. Yeah. I think she can tell this is working and she's like being charming and also like, Stefan's been through it. He hasn't been this charming in a while. I know. So she's like responding to this. How could you not respond to this? He's being so charming and handsome. Yeah, he's being very cutie. This is not her fault. Yeah, she's fallen into it a little bit. (laughs) He says, obviously we're not together anymore. So I have a feeling me ripping people's heads off might have a little, have been a little bit of a turnoff. (laughs) She's like, no, that that actually was fine with me. (laughs) I had no issues. She says, I accepted that pretty quick, actually. (laughs) Uh, She says, actually, no, like you were the most compassionate person I'd ever met. You hated the idea of hurting anyone. The guilt would overwhelm you. You were always in control. And he says, so I bored you to death. And she says, no, it it wasn't you. It was me. Becoming a vampire changed me. 
Now, this is the place where she could say, also, I fell in love with your brother, by the way. Yeah, it made me fall in love with Damon. Did he tell you that? But no, she keeps it vague, which again, I think is maybe not on purpose, but also like she sees what's helping and what's not. Well, I think she also was like, you know, it changed me. And then the unspoken part of that is that's how I ended up with Damon, because I think she thinks he knows that. Yes, I think she thinks he's picked up on that somehow, which is giving a man with amnesia a lot of credit. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's just assuming that he knows that because she's the main character to herself. So she's like, well, he must be able to tell because we're so in love and it's electric. That's actually true. She's probably like, well, me and Damon are so obviously in love with each other. Like everyone's obsessed with us. Yeah. Everyone wants to be us. And Stefan's just like, hey, that's my brother and a hot girl. <laughs> love the like, red streak. <laughs> he's like, hmm, fun bang. like other girls. He says, so how'd you become a vampire? And she says, why don't I show you? And she says, meet me down there on the ground. She falls off the roof in a way that would have like killed her. Yeah, she like leans back and like falls backwards, which we assume she lands on her feet, but it would be funny if she just like splatted and then woke up. (laughs) and just died for like 20 minutes. Uh, But we can assume she lands on her feet because Stefan looks down at her smiling. Yeah, he's like, I can get her to come around on me. He said, oh yeah, we're hooking up today. So he's still got his dumbassery gene on. (laughs) Yeah, Stefan's still uh, not going to get up, unfortunately. Yeah, he may be on the roof, but he's still down there, baby. He's down terrible. (laughs) Then we go back over to the cemetery. Some bells are ringing. Jesse and Caroline are sitting in the cemetery. It doesn't even seem like they're at someone's grave. It's almost like weirder if she had been at like her dad's grave for this. I get that like she's home for this holiday and like she needs to be here in order for the rest of the episode to take shape. But it is weird that Jesse's like, oh, yeah, I would love to study chemistry with you at a hometown celebration. Yeah. Shouldn't she spend this day with her mom? Anyway, so they're studying. Jesse says, toga virus. And she says, causes congenital rubella, whatever that is. And then he says, okay, hot shot, red queen theory. She says, that's a theory often used to explain the contradictory relationship between predator and prey. He says, and why does the supposedly weaker species always stay one step ahead? And she says, fear of extinction. The rabbit is faster than the fox because the fox is chasing its dinner. The rabbit's running for its life. This is not anything. The red queen hypothesis sounded familiar to me, honestly. And I think there may be a term for it, but it I mean, this is obviously a predator-prey dynamic that they're talking about in terms of vampirism. Yeah. Actual predator-prey dynamics, like, there's no evenness. They literally oscillate opposite each other. When there's more prey, the predators eat more, and then there's less prey, and there's more predators, and then there's less to eat, so the predators die off, and then there's more prey when there's, like, it literally goes back and forth. Exactly. Like, that's how predator-prey dynamics work. So do you think this idea that is, like, a fake science idea, do you think this is going to have some kind of significance the rest of the season? And, yeah. and, in, and who is the predator and who is the prey? I think the idea is that the predator is vampires. And I do think that Dr. Maxfield is studying them in that frame. Although- Is he studying them as predators though? But then they're kind of his prey. Well, he wouldn't see himself as a predator. Okay. He'd see himself as like a Jane Goodall situation, which he's certainly not. But I think that's how he'd view himself. I mean, I think he's viewing them as predators, maybe recruiting prey like Miss Megan to kind of test this theory. The theory that vampires kill humans? Proven. I don't know. It's silly because he's an applied microbiologist. Why would he be looking at predator-prey dynamics? Applied microbiology is just his cover. (laughs) Well, I mean, he must, not to get too into it, but he must know something about microbiology because he can clearly differentiate human blood from vampire blood on a microscope. You know, we can get more into some of this later, but I do think he is, (laughs) I think he's specifically studying vampires. And I think this dynamic is a, you know, a herbinger of some sort of predator-prey theory that he's working out. 
We'll get to Dr. Maxfield at the end of the episode, of course. <laughs> Jesse says, damn, if Maxfield doesn't let you in, you can have my spot. How'd you learn all that so quickly? Mind you, that was two flashcards. And what I love about this is Caroline is just like, you know, it is two flashcards, but she fucking has it. Yeah. And also, yes, she has two flashcards, but one of them, she even said, whatever that means. She just knows it's on the flashcard. Memorization, bitch. <laughs> she says, whenever someone tells me I can't do something, I prove them wrong. Yes, you do, queen. Yes, you do. Every single time. And as soon as Dr. Maxfield lets her into applied micro biology, she'll be like, mm, I want to take a theater class. This shit sucks. <laughs> I learned that in two days. I don't need to take a whole semester. She's like, I'm a fucking genius. I don't need a class for it. Jesse says, is that why you invited me here? To prove to your boyfriend you don't need him? She said, well, ideally. <laughs> he's turning this conversation. He's turning the game on. And she says, well, I don't know where my boyfriend is. That would require communication and mutual interest and respect. And I invited you here because you're smart and nice. And I don't know, I just wanted to hang out with you today. And then he, you know, sees his opening. He turns and he says, oh, I think that guy's doing a keg stand on his granddad's grave. Real romantic leader. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline says, what? She turns to look and then she turns back and Jesse kisses her. She is on board with it for a second and then she looks concerned. And then he says, oh, sorry. I just kind of wanted to do that since move-in day. And then he says, a plastic anemia, go. And she goes. Yes, they're back to studying. Yeah. At the cemetery during a drinking party. Yeah. Not one sip of alcohol in sight. At least have a drug study date. Yeah. Come on. Grow up. Grow up. Boo. (laughs) Boo. I ship forward over this at this point. Yeah. And you know I'm anti-forward. We go over to the Salvatore house. Jeremy is looking concerned as Damon enters. And Damon says, okay, where is she? Call her. Get her here. Jeremy's like, I don't want to do this. Jeremy says, I'm begging you to connect the dots, please. Jeremy says, that's the problem. I can't actually call her. No one can. And Bonnie appears and she's like, hey, Jeremy, please don't do this. Bonnie, how long do you really expect him to not tell anyone about this? I mean, at some point you got to let it go. Yeah, it's a little unfair to have Jeremy shoulder all of this. Mm -hmm. Jeremy says, I've been lying to everyone for months and I can't keep lying knowing everyone's waiting for her to swoop in and save the day. And Damon says, I don't speak crazy person, Jeremy. You're going to have to translate that for me. Damon's like, okay, what does that mean? Because he's not ready to, to think about this. Yeah, he does not need another wrinkle. He's ignoring the signs big time. Yeah. Jeremy says, think about it, Damon. I was dead. I wasn't supposed to come back. Damon says, yeah, exactly. That's the beauty of Bonnie magic, which is what we need right now. Damon, please. Damon, I'm begging you to listen. <laughs> Jeremy says, you're not hearing me. Magic finds a balance. I'm not supposed to be here. Damon realizes what he's getting at and says, no. He says, "Mm -mm, that can't be. And Jeremy says, you can't just bring somebody back from the dead. There's always a price to pay for it. And Damon says, please don't say it. Damon's like, and she wanted to pay this price? You? You? Jeremy says, she didn't show up to her dad's funeral, Damon. Nobody has spoken to her all summer. And Bonnie says, please. The dad's funeral thing is quite damning. It's quite damning. You guys, I mean, maybe none of them went to his funeral. Yeah, I'm sure. But... Damon's like, did anyone? Damon's like, I thought we were all skipping that. Damon says, you say it and everything in Elena's life goes to crap. Do you understand me? Maybe let's not make this immediately about Elena. Like, that's not really the point. Like, sorry. I mean, her, her friend's dead. It doesn't matter if I say it or not. Like, it's true. Doesn't change anything. Damon says, everything changes when you say it. Bonnie says, do not say it. Damon says, don't. And then Jeremy says, "Uh, Bonnie's dead. He's like, no, Bonnie's dead. This is what we're doing today. I'm telling you about this. I'm not going to be the only one who knows about this anymore. I'm done. I'm tired of being the guy who does this. This isn't fair anymore. I'm not having fun. (laughs) 
Damon says, damn it, Jeremy, do you realize what you just did? Why would you say that? And he's so mad. He's so mad. Jeremy says, I'm sorry, but people need to know. And Damon looks at Jeremy angrily. I was like, do not kill him. I was so concerned. <laughs> but then instead, Damon goes and hugs Jeremy. Growth. My how he's changed. Because he's like, this must have been really hard for Jeremy to handle by himself. Can you imagine, though, if Damon did kill Jeremy? And then he went to Elena and said, so I have bad news and worse news. <laughs> so uh, you don't want that humanity switch off again, I fear. Yeah. <laughs> then we go over to Wickery Bridge. Old classic. Elena and Stefan arrive, they get out of the car, and Stefan says, how is it cosmically possible to get into two accidents on the same bridge? Her luck is horrible. And it was two and a half, really. One of them was you. Yeah, but she doesn't even open that door. She says, I don't know. Maybe it was fate drawing me back, saying I cheated death the first time. Stefan says, but if I was there both times, why didn't I save you both times? And she says, oh, because the second time you asked me to save my best friend, Matt, because I asked you to. And he says, oh, got it. So I'm an idiot. And she says, no, you were the perfect boyfriend. You valued what I wanted, even if it wasn't what you agreed with. Not perfect enough to keep dating, though. As they're having this conversation, what starts playing but the sweet, dulcet tones of Sarah Bareilles' Gravity? Yeah, I clocked this immediately, obviously. Diehard fans will remember was the song that was playing when Stephanie and Elena had their first kiss. Oh, I actually forgot that. Oh, did you? Yeah, I did. I just... Have a strong reaction to Gravity. I mean, Gravity's a beautiful song. But yes, this was playing in season one, episode two, when they had their first kiss. I do remember that vaguely now. Yeah. I just, if Gravity's playing, I mean, someone's kissing. I mean, the lyrics also, they mirror their conversation. The lyrics, you loved me because I'm fragile. When I thought that I was strong. And you touched me for a little while and all my fragile strength is gone. That is Stelena, bitch. That's Stelena, bitch. I got goosebumps. I know I did too. (laughs) It's like... It's like pulling me straight into your gravity. Doppelganger magnet vibes. I just got chills. This, this is their song. I'm sorry. This is them. Stefan says, it's going to take me a minute to wrap my head around that. And Elena says, fair enough. And then he says, you know, it's working. And she says, you're remembering? And he says, no. <laughs> I mean, this, whatever we're doing, the distracting, the sublimating, whatever you want to call it, the urge to feed has settled. I'm not hungry anymore. This is so funny because Elena's like, that wasn't what I was trying to do. She said, like, you can see that she's disappointed and you can tell that he's like, you're doing such a good job. Like, you're so good at this. I know. It's clear that he thought, like, she was distracting him. And so the flirting has been organic. But really, she's putting on this flirting persona to bring his memories back. And he just said, like, that's not what's happening here, girl. He said, oh, I don't even remember a little bit. And she's like, what the fuck was I flirting with you all day for? She realizes she kind of dug herself in a hole. She's like, oh, shit. This got away from me, huh? She kind of sees where it's going and she doesn't quite get a handle on it. And she does actually make it a little bit worse. Because I think she's kind of like, no, I didn't mess it up this bad, did I? And then it's like, oh. It's ironic that she didn't trust Damon and she's the one who's fucking it up. Yeah. She's like, oh, how do I get out of this one? She says, oh, good, you're not hungry anymore. And he says, you know, whatever monster I was capable of being, like, I can see why I was different around you. And she says, you were never a monster. And... (laughs) He's like, don't. (laughs) He says, I saw my reflection in the mirror today. I was scared of me. And she says, well, you never scared me. The first time I saw you for what you were, I touched your face like this. She touches his face. Girl, don't do that. Girl, the memory isn't working. You gotta change strategy. She really thinks, she's like, maybe I can get a memory back and then we'll be okay. She's like, maybe this is just like a little block right before the memories come. 
now that I got the hunger away, I can get, I can tap into the memories. Like, I just need yeah. to get the hunger away first. Okay. And she's like, and then once I get the memories back, like, it won't be so bad that I was flirting with him all day. Yeah. Then at least I didn't do this all for nothing. There was a purpose. Yeah. So maybe that's why she does this. I think that's a good read. She says, I told you not to hide. And she starts to take her hand away, and then he holds it there and says, don't. Like, you can tell that she's looking. She's like, how far do I let this go? Like, is this working, or is he flirting with me? Or are we just flirting? Like, are we just about to kiss? They exchange some longing looks. Stelena stands. We do get to eat for just a second. Mmm, yummy. Not me. I'm I'm not interested. Eject. <laughs> gravity's playing there's longing looks it's giving Stelena yeah they were slowly turning up the volume on gravity through this whole scene I was like they're gonna kiss yeah like I was like they're definitely gonna kiss and he goes in for a kiss and she almost lets him kiss her and then the last second she's like okay I really need to get this train back on the tracks he's like okay this isn't working she says I'm with Damon and he says you're with my brother he says excuse me you can tell he's like that's fucked up bitch he did not expect that at all he's like whore (laughs) he says and neither of you thought that was something that i should know which is a like they should have told him yeah i get why elena thinks that like he picked up on it i can see almost elena assuming that damon told him even though she has a bunch of reasons to not believe that yeah i think she assumed at some point damon was like oh yeah elena's my girlfriend just like offhand and i think damon was like okay well like, Elena's just going to watch over Stefan. Like, there's no need to, like, clarify this before I go. That's going to sound crazy. Yeah, they're not going to flirt or anything. T- to be, like, leaving the mausoleum saying, and by the way, Elena's my girlfriend. Like, that would have been weird. It feels like when Damon was at the very beginning of talking about his life, Damon should have said, here's who everybody is. Caroline's your best friend. Elena is my girlfriend. She used to date you. I know that's iffy. Let's talk about that if you want. Jeremy is Elena's brother. He should have given him a character map. Because he clearly gave him character maps when Stefan meets Caroline. He showed him pictures of Caroline. So it should have come up. I don't think it's crazy that Elena assumed that it came up. I just think neither of them were clear enough on it. The day definitely got away from Elena in a way that by the time she realized it, I don't think she could have gotten it back on track. Yeah, the train got off the track and she didn't notice till it had been off the track for like two miles. Yeah. And so there was just no, there was no turning it around. Exactly. Alina says, we weren't hiding it from you. It's just that, I'm sorry. I just, and she turns away because she's like kind of overwhelmed. She's like, how do I explain this? How do I make this sound okay? And he says, like the drama queen he is, he says, and just like that, the hunger returns. He's so silly goofy. <laughs> and she says, I'm sorry, Stefan. And she turns back. Uh, he wished away. He's gone. He's out of He's there. A- he got out of there. Fair reaction. He's got dinner plans. He said, you know what? Fuck you then. I'm going to go kill somebody. (laughs) Not a great reaction and not great for the argument of like the Ripper jeans not at play here. Yeah. (laughs) Then we go over to the Lockwood house. Matt wakes up on a couch. He's got a cut on his hand. So he says, okay, let's go review the tapes. He's like, okay, clearly I blacked out because I didn't do that. He hooks up the camera to a laptop. He watches himself. Fast forwards a little bit. Then he sees himself get up. He sees a phone ring. Yes. He answers the phone. And he says, hello. And then we don't hear the person on the other end of the line. But we do see that Matt's eyes turn black and then he blinks and they're normal again, which we've seen before. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the vibe of whatever is happening here. He starts speaking Czech to some guy named Kristoff. And then eventually he hangs up. He looks around. He spots the camera. He walks to it. He picks up his knife. And he says, hello, Matt Donovan. In Zach Roig's best attempt at a Czech accent. 
not any better this week. It's so funny because some lines he gets it. When he said, hello, Matt Donovan, he kind of had it. Yeah. But then he did lose it. He says, I'm the passenger inside of you. I think this is the first time we're hearing the word passenger. Yeah. So we can assume that passenger is like Gregor is along for the ride in Matt's body. Passenger. That was my assumption. He says, I know you have a ton of questions, but all you need to know is that one day my friends will come looking for this blade. It's the knife. He says, protected at all costs. He cuts Matt's hand on camera and says, or this will be your throat. Simple, effective. He got right to the point. We go over to the Salvador house. Damon is having a drink by the fire. He calls Elena. And Elena says, hey, where are you? I've been calling. Damon says, I'm at home. Listen, I really need to talk to you about something. But then Elena says, Stefan's gone. And Damon's like, what? You could keep an eye on him. He says, fuck, now I have to hold this off. He's like, this day. <laughs> she says, look, I told him about you and me and he just stormed off. He said he was hungry. Damon, there's an entire graveyard of people here tonight. Damon says, okay, I'm on my way. He's like, fine, I guess we'll cover this first. We go to the cemetery. Stefan walks by a group of people and steals a bottle of alcohol from them. And Caroline approaches and she says, Stefan? Stefan turns around and he says, Caroline Forbes, my best friend. And she says, you recognize? She's like, yay, he remembers me. He says, oh, well, I've studied pictures. You're much hotter in person. And she's like, that is not something Stefan would say to me ever. But I am very beautiful. She says, yeah, I am hot. Yeah, no shit. I actually called dibs on you, if you recall. You might not know this. <laughs> and he says, oh, sorry, I'm a little drunk. And she says, yeah, I can see that. Are you okay? And he says, well, if by okay, you mean heavily spiraling into ripper oblivion, then yes, I'm dandy. Obviously, that's not what I meant by okay. Like, okay, you could have just said no. Yeah, a no would have sufficed. <laughs> we didn't really need the whole thing. And Jesse approaches. He says, hey, keg stand guy passed out, so I stole these. It's two red solo cups. The guy has a keg. I think you could have just gotten them. You could have just said, hey, man, mind if I have a couple beers? He would have loved it. He's doing keg stands on his dad's grave. Of course he's giving out beer. He'll give you a beer. You better hope Ollie gives you his beer. Yeah. Caroline says, hey, do you mind giving us just a couple minutes? And then Stefan says, yeah, probably a good idea, because I sense from here you have a paper cut on the palm of your left hand, and I want to rip your entire arm off. Caroline says, Stefan. And I was like, oh, Jesse knows he's a vampire then, because I was at this point convinced Jesse knew about vampires. I was like, he's on Vervain. He knows about vampires. The jig is up. You were very suspicious of Jesse last week. Or not last week, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, both times. Yeah, you've been pretty suspicious of Jesse. It seems as though you had no reason to be. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Better to be suspicious, I think, on this show. I think they wanted us to be suspicious of him. I think they did. They played some music strings around him. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. He's a new character in a new season. What, I'm just supposed to believe he's going to be someone's best friend? Please. <laughs> Let's all be honest. Caroline compels Jesse. She says, go away, hide, I'll find you. He walks away. She says to Stefan, like, look, I know you're hungry, but you don't do people, okay? It doesn't end well. And he says, okay, what about blood bags? Do you have any? And she says, yes, they're in the car. Come with me. She turns around and you can see as soon as she turns around, she's like, that was stupid. I shouldn't turn my back on him. She can hear the whoosh and you can see her be like, he definitely ran away, huh? And then she turns around and she's like, mm. yeah. And he's gone and she's like, okay, yeah, I should have predicted that. Then we go over to a mausoleum slash crypt. Jesse calls Caroline and he says, hey, I don't really know what's going on, but for some reason I'm in a crypt in a cemetery and I have no idea why. Yeah, he's like, you're the one who dragged me to this cemetery party? And now I'm standing in a crypt and I don't know how I got here. I'm starting to think I shouldn't be dating you. <laughs> Stefan approaches, he hisses, and then he bites and feeds on Jesse. But then he steps back and he says, look, that wasn't so bad, was it? I did it. I stopped. 
And Jesse's like, who are you? Jesse says, I don't know what you are, man. And Seven says, oh, I'm a ripper. You know what that means? No. No. He says, it means I literally can't stop feeding until I rip someone's head off. But look at us, working it out. And Jesse's like, feeding on what? Jesse says, hey, um, <laughs> could you please let me out? <laughs> Stefan says, I know I should. I'm good, right? Compassionate. I live with this burning hunger inside of me that allows me to stay in control. But what do I have to show for it, huh? And Jesse says, I don't know you, man. Jesse's like, I don't really feel like I'm the one who should be receiving this monologue, if I'm honest. Jesse's like, it's pretty clear you're going through something. And I have no context for it, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I, I really don't know what to give you. <laughs> Stefan says, I have no memories because my brain was fried. My brother, who's been my brother for 160 some odd years, stole my girlfriend. And my girlfriend let him. So you tell me, <laughs> what's the point of being good? Jesse has no answer for that because he doesn't understand any of this. Jesse's like, I mean, that sounds like it sucks on, on the surface level. I don't know the details. Um, yeah. I don't really think the details would make it suck less for you. It does sound bad no matter how you squeeze that. Jesse says, based on the details, I am inclined to side with you, but you did bite my neck. So I'm a little confused. Yeah, so I, I don't know for sure how trustworthy you were. <laughs> you, you are giving me kind of evil vibes, if I'm honest. Yeah, Stefan bites him again. Then we go over to the Lockwood house. Jeremy knocks on the door. Matt answers. Jeremy says, I've been knocking. Matt says, yeah, I noticed. That's why I answered the door, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and Matt says, so you're not going to believe this. Jeremy doesn't want to hear it. Jeremy says, actually, uh, wait, there's something I need to tell you about Bonnie. Jeremy's like, I'm not getting any new information. I'm getting this one out first. Yeah, I can't do it anymore. Matt says, oh, what? Is Bonnie back? Jeremy's silent. <laughs> and then we go back over to the mausoleum. Caroline finds Stefan, you know, feeding on Jesse and says, hey, Stefan, stop it. She pulls Stefan off. And Jesse falls to the ground. And Caroline says to Stefan, Stefan, this isn't you. <laughs> it's her time, babe. <laughs> she says, you might not remember, but I do. You are better than this. You're not this person. And Stefan says, mm, I have to leave. <laughs> then he leaves. Jesse is breathing pretty quickly. But you can see he's like, he's breathing. He's breathing, but a puddle is accumulating. Yeah. So Caroline offers her arm and says, Jesse, drink this. It'll be okay. I'm sorry I got you into this. And I'm sorry I let you kiss me when... I'm just sorry. But he seems to be drinking, so all looks okay for Jesse. For the moment. For the moment. <laughs> Might not remain such. I did have a thought. I was like, is there any way he can somehow turn into a vampire right now? Like, I was like, maybe he somehow dies or Stefan will kill him after. Like, I had that thought. I didn't voice it, so there's no way for Grace to believe me. But I did have it. I mean, it's fair. At this point in the show, we need to, every time someone ingests vampire blood, consider the possibility that they could be killed. Like, when the yeah. show first started, that was a little more rare. People were using it to heal. But now, ever since Elena got turned with blood in her system, we have to be a little bit more aware of blood in people's systems. Most people get blood to heal, but, like, things happen. Yeah. You don't necessarily know what's going to happen. And now we're in a whole other place where there's some other vampires around and we don't know why. So, yeah. It doesn't hurt us to be aware of where the vampire blood is. Yeah. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan is at the fireplace burning all his vampire diaries. Who is that? Fucking Elena? Come on. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> what is with you people in fire? Someone keep your diary. That's the whole point of it. And they're nice diaries. They're all definitely like leather. Yeah, those were not cheap. Elena approaches and says, Stefan, there you are. I've been looking everywhere for you. And Damon's with her. They notice he's burning his vampire diaries. And Damon says, what are you doing there? And Stefan says, you know, just tying up a few odds and ends. <laughs> Damon says, you sure you want to do that? And Stefan says, I know what I don't want. I don't want to be the person in these journals anymore. 
I don't want to live in this house. I don't want my brother's advice. I don't want to hear how I supported you, Elena. And I definitely do not want to continue this conversation. All fair things. You got to give him this. It's weird that he was living here in this situation. And yeah, he hasn't really been living here since they, you know, kicked off their relationship. But yeah, not crazy to go elsewhere. Yeah. So he grabs a bag. Elena says, Stefan, wait. And he says, don't worry. I'm not going to go on a ripper binge. Besides, Caroline said she'd call me every hour to make sure I was okay. And I actually do trust her. He said, unlike y'all, sterilize. I love this. Like, obviously, they're in Mystic Falls now. But what, he's going to stay with Caroline? Babe, Elena's there too. But it's funny because he's not even going to stay with Caroline because he said Caroline's going to call. It's not really clear where he's going to stay. Not really our business, but... I mean, he can get a hotel room for free, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. He can compel himself anywhere. Stefan leaves. Elena says, but, but of course, Stefan doesn't stop. He doesn't even look back. Slay. And Damon says, I think we just got dumped. Can you blame him? Like, the thing is, is like, Damon gave him, and I know why Damon did it. He spent so much time on these really old things, but he didn't give Stefan the credit to be able to process the nuance of the situation. Yeah. Because there is nuance to Elena dumping Stefan for Damon. It's not quite so, like, evil. But the way Stefan sees it, there's no context for any Yeah, there's no context. When I think Damon was under the belief of like, okay, if I start early, those are the base memories. We'll see what comes back and then we'll have the whole day to figure it out. And I think he planned on being with him the whole day. Obviously that got away Mm -hmm. from him. I think it was something that like they should have led with and been like, this is how our life currently looks. But let's get into the history and kind of why you are the way you are. And let's like Mm -hmm. try some memories Try to jog something. Let us know if you have questions. They kind of set themselves up for failure here. And I don't think it was, I don't think they meant to. And I don't think they could have seen this coming. Hindsight is unfortunately 2020. I think they truly did think that he would get his memories back today through these little practices they were doing, which was wishful thinking, but they were being optimistic. Mm-hmm. Elena says, okay, well, moving on. We need Bonnie. She's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's get Bonnie in here. Yeah. You, you've been working on this, presumably, in the time you haven't been here around with me. So let's let's get her. She says, why hasn't she called us back? That's so unlike her. Because Stefan can't stay like this. And Damon says, okay, well, here's the thing, Elena. Bonnie cannot help us. And Elena says, oh, did you talk to her? What did she say? There's got to be something she can do. I mean, she'll figure it out. She always does. You guys rely on Bonnie a little much, don't you? Yeah, it was, it's pretty clear in this instance, like, you guys ask her do, to do a whole lot for you. Maybe that's why she died. Yeah, and you don't really seem to be aware of her goings on. I know she's hidden it, but also it's like, yeah. oh, it's... <laughs> Damon goes to Elena and just rips the bandaid off. He said, Bonnie's dead, Elena. Yeah, no point in doing a whole little speech like Jeremy. He's like, okay, clearly this news is going to be bad. I'm just going to get to it. She says, what? He says, she's dead. I'm sorry. She's shook. She cries. They hug. Then we go to... A mausoleum. It's the next day. Caroline's in a black dress, so she's in her funeral drag. Yeah, it was looking very funerally, and I wasn't really sure why. I was like, I was literally like, is Jesse having a funeral? I was like, we saw him get better. Yeah. Caroline approaches Stefan. I guess maybe he's staying in the crypt. Oh, yeah, maybe. Anyway. That's where he came. Caroline approaches Stefan and says, hey, how are you feeling? And he says, much better, which in my world means I haven't committed homicide since I last saw you. Uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking today, a lot of wandering around, and this seemed like the most appropriate place to come. What's wrong? Because he notices she's upset. Because he cares about her. Because uh, they're <laughs> true love. <laughs> Steriline. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm entering my Steriline era, so I'm about to get annoying. Entering. 
<laughs> well, I have well, now I have more things to latch on to. Yeah. I don't have like three lines at prom anymore. I've got a handhold, bitch. <laughs> Caroline says, it's Bonnie, my friend, our friend. She's dead. Stefan, of course, doesn't know who Bonnie is, so he doesn't really know what to say. But he can tell this is emotional, so he, you know, adjusts accordingly. <laughs> he says, what happened? And she says, please don't ask, because then I'm going to have to come up with an answer, which means I'm going to have to actually think about it. And then I'll start crying, and I'm afraid I might not ever be able to stop. She sits down, and he sits with her. And he says, I'm sorry, I wish I could remember her. And she says, I don't know, part of me just wishes I could trade places with you, because without all the memories, maybe it wouldn't hurt so damn much. And he says, it's okay. He holds her hand. I think that's why he holds her hand. I didn't write it down. Yeah, oh, no. It Wait, la- it's oh. later. It's later. Sorry, I did write it down. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why did you think you didn't? <laughs> uh, he says, it's okay. She says, it's not. I'm never going to see her again. And I have no idea where Tyler is. He doesn't know who Tyler is. He's like, I'm not even going to ask. Yeah. He said, please don't tell me you have a boyfriend too. He's like, come on. Where are all the hot singles in this town? I'm hot and charming. He said, who's Tyler? He's not my other brother, is he? (laughs) Caroline continues, and I just got so used to them being there all the time. And now what am I supposed to do? Just learn to move on without them? How do I do that when all I have is this sadness and this anger and this? And he says, me, you have me. And he holds her. Oh, wait, no, he doesn't yet. Oh, God. You're too excited. You're like, and he holds her hand. (laughs) Does he hold her hand? (laughs) This is like you with Caroline is like, he holds her hand for what, three seconds in this episode? I'm giggling, kicking my feet up. You're like, me hold <laughs> Like, shut up, Grace. It's so lame. <laughs> he says, you were there for me last night. It sounds like you're always there for me. And then he holds her hand. <laughs> and he says, so let me be there for you, okay? And I have to, I mean, I will give it to you. This is very sweet. Because Caroline is there for everyone. And has Elena ever tried to be there for Caroline? No. Mm-hmm. Not once. This is why... Steriline is so slay is because they are there for each other. They are best friends. Well, you like friends to lovers. I, I guess. do like I friends to that. lovers. So you like friends to lovers. I like enemies to lovers. There's a reason why we end on different sides of this. There's a reason why one of us is a Claroline shipper and one of us is a Steriline shipper. Yeah. And it's it's just ingrained deeply. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to be there for her at Bonnie's funeral. He doesn't go there. Which I think is actually good because he's... He doesn't know the girl. He's like, look, I don't know her and I don't want to have to like poop some tears out while yeah. Damon and Elena are here. Like, I think I'd rather stay in the crypt, I, honestly. I think I'm going to skip this one. <laughs> Sorry to Bonnie. If I remember you, I will mourn you then. Yeah. We go over to the Salvador house. Elena is looking in her, you know, suitcase, clothes, whatever. Damon comes in and he says, hey. And she says, I don't have any clothes. I have nothing to wear. I burned my house down with all my funeral clothes in it. Yeah, all she has now is like mini denim skirts. Yeah, she should have saved one black dress. Maybe she was like, that's just tempting fate if I even have one. If I don't have one, maybe no one will die. There were worse plans. Well, I think she just didn't think it through. I think she was like, I'm burning my house down. There was not really any thought there. She wasn't in a hugely logical headspace that episode. <laughs> she didn't have anything she wanted to say. She says, I'm supposed to be strong. I'm supposed to have learned how to handle this, but I can't. I can't keep doing this, Damon. Stefan's gone. Bonnie's dead. She gave up her life so I could have my brother back, and I didn't even know about it. And she's crying, and this is very sad. Yeah, because she, like, wanted Jeremy back more than anything. But then she's like, I didn't want to make this trade. Like, did Bonnie think I would have made this trade? And it's her to not feel guilty when she's been so happy and didn't even realize Bonnie was dead, which, again, like, 
Bonnie made it by design that no one would realize she's dead, but it's yeah. still hard to not feel like incredibly guilty that you didn't put those pieces together. Especially because she just had to deal with the guilt of like, we didn't even know Stefan was in a safe in the quarry. Mm-hmm. And now I didn't know one of my best friends was dead the whole time. Like I just was getting emails, like being happy and she was dead. Yeah. She was like, I was having literally the funnest summer of my life. Stefan was in a safe drowning on loop and Bonnie's been dead this whole time. I'm a bitch. Like, why was I so happy when that was happening to both of them? And like, would I still have been happy if I had known that? Do I care that little? You know, a lot to process. I know. And Damon says, I know. She says, I can't believe this is happening. He just like hugs her and lets her like feel all of this emotion. He's really there for her. It's very cute. Good boyfriend alert. Delena stands. We continue to eat. Mmm, yummy. As we do. As we do. (laughs) As we are known to do. Then we go out to the woods. Damon, Elena, Caroline, Matt, and Jeremy all walk. They are in all black. They're in funeral clothes. And for having no dresses, Elena really pulled a look out of this one. She's I mean, she's serving. Where'd she get that? It's cute. She looks really cute. They come to a stump. It's a funeral stump. Yeah. Not much to say about it. <laughs> it it's a stump. What else do you want me to say? Yeah, it's a stump. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you guys get it. You guys, you guys watch the episode. Jeremy puts a photo on the stump and it has a bell. And the photo I think is of like, Matt, Elena, Jeremy, Caroline, whatever, all of them. Bonnie, obviously. (laughs) It's her funeral. Everyone one by one puts an item on the stump while they cry. Caroline puts pom-poms. Matt puts a lifeguard whistle. Because they were notably lifeguards together. And uh, Bonnie saved him from when he tried to kill himself in a pool. (laughs) Who could forget? And Elena puts the saddest one, which is feathers, which we'll remember one of the most iconic early scenes when Bonnie first discovered she was a witch, it made all the feathers fly. Very beautiful. Very representative of their friendship. Get to show Elena and tell Elena. And I I saw the feathers before they put it down. Like I, when they went back before they cut to Matt putting dumbass whistle in. I said, come yeah. back to the feathers. I said, I got to feel that again. Caroline and Elena like sob and hug each other. And I'm crying even though I am not even a little bit concerned. Like Bonnie's coming back. I'm not worried about that. But you know, it's a funeral. I'm crying. Yeah, I mean, number one, we've been seeing Bonnie this whole time that she's been dead. Like, Cat Graham is clearly still a series regular. No matter what her story is, which you are convinced that she's going to come back from the dead. Yeah. She's here. I would love to ask you, I know we're in the middle of this funeral scene. You are sure Bonnie's not dead for good. You're sure she's going to come back to life. How do you think we're going to finagle Bonnie coming back to life? I think it's going to be something Kitsia does. Because she is notably Kitsia's descendant. I think there's a possibility that when Katsia wants to take Silas down, having another witch with her would be helpful, particularly a like generational connection. Mm-hmm. And I also think there's a potential of like, you know, Katsia wants these people, maybe Katsia will want these people to work with her and having Bonnie in the mix helps. And she may still have some connection to the other side, being that she was there for 2000 years mm-hmm. and is the one who created it. So she may have more ability to kind of, move those things around so I, I think she's kind of the key here gotcha so when we met her last week i was like okay we're set we're good bonnie's gonna be back any day <laughs> damon puts the grimoire on the stump which we haven't mm-hmm. seen in a while because she's been pretty good at spells she doesn't really need the grimoire yeah, she doesn't really need anyone bonnie appears to jeremy and she says it's okay like they needed this i needed this yeah because she was i mean yeah she wasn't telling them but a lot of that was that she was in denial let's not pretend that wasn't part of it yeah she was not accepting her death That's why she didn't want Jeremy to tell them, because as soon as she tells them, it's real. Yeah. And it's permanent. Exactly. Jeremy picks up the bell. He says, we ring this bell in honor of Bonnie in remembrance for her. He rings it. 
And he's like, I don't really know why I'm leading this. Yeah, he says, I'm not sure what else to say. I just happen to be the one who knew about this the longest. And thanks everybody for not being mad at me about that. Yeah. Um, I was prepared to blame Bonnie if you were mad at me. So thanks for not making me sink to that. Rest in peace, Bonnie. Yeah. And then Bonnie decides that she's going to take over the speech. Yeah, she's going to do her own eulogy. She said, okay, Jeremy, I've seen what I needed to see. It wasn't enough. I've got some notes. So she talks and he repeats these things. So like some of it, we hear his voice repeating them. But for most of it, we hear Bonnie say it, Mm -hmm. even though no one can see Bonnie but Jeremy. But Jeremy is logistically saying that. Yeah. Bonnie says, say that I'm not going anywhere, that even though they couldn't see me, I've been there the whole time. And then Bonnie goes to Elena first. She gives everyone like a little personalized thing, but not Damon. (laughs) Well, he's not crying. So yeah, she's not that close to Damon. I think they're pretty good friends, but you know. I think she knows that she doesn't need to say anything to Damon and he wouldn't want her to. Damon doesn't need a personalized message. Yeah, everybody else does. She goes up to Elena first and says, like, I watched you have the summer of your life and I saw you happy. And I know that you think now that you can't have a normal life, that you have to be here for everyone. But you don't. Everyone will find their way. So you're going to repack your things, go back to college and live it up. Elena cries. Then Bonnie goes to Matt and says, you didn't do anything wrong, Matt. I would have sent you 300 emails back if I could. I miss you. Um, she says, my secretary, bad choice. She said, take it up with Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes to Caroline and she says, Caroline, I watched you decorate that dorm room like your life depended on it. And I know that college isn't everything you expected and that you feel like something's missing, but Tyler, and then we see Tyler arrive. And it's like, huh? Not the you. fucking dinkiest rose I've ever seen. Where did all the petals go? Did you fucking eat them, you stupid ass? Boo! Where'd he get this? At a gas station? <laughs> a white rose. By the way, white rose, no significance to him or Bonnie. I thought this flower was for Caroline. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like, that's the thing. When he Until he put it down, I was like, oh, what'd you bring for Caroline? Asshole. <laughs> Caroline cries and hugs him. He puts the rose on the stump. Bonnie says, this is good. Like, this is all I wanted. I'll be okay. We'll all be okay. Jeremy holds Bonnie's hand, quote unquote. He obviously doesn't feel it and she's not really there. Damon and Elena are hugging and crying. Caroline and Tyler are hugging and crying. And Matt is just standing there crying by himself. It's a little rude. Like, Jeremy, go hug Matt. Come on. He needs it. Yeah, or someone bring him in a group hug. And Jeremy, you could use a hug too. Yeah, I know you've been dealing with this. And also you see Bonnie, so it's really not hitting the same for you. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, she won't leave me alone, actually. Still, you could go hug Matt. Yeah, I think he needs it. Also because he's going through something else that you just breezed right past earlier today. Yeah, you interrupted him. You just didn't let him talk about that, which was fair given the situation. But, you know, check on him. Yeah, we could go check on Matt a little bit. Then we go over to Dr. Maxfield's office. It's like, hmm, interesting. It's like, why are we ending up here? Yeah, or his lab, I guess we could call it more than his yeah. office. He's looking at his Surface, his Microsoft Surface. And for a second, I was like, is that Megan's? It might be. I mean, I don't think it is with what they say, but... Surfaces are really popular. They were at their height. And, you know, they only got a little bit of ad money from it in the first episode. They need to continue the contract. Yeah, get that Microsoft paycheck. Jesse is laying on a table in the lab. And Dr. Maxfield, after checking his surface, says, your vitals are normal. What app is that? (laughs) Well, you know, the thing about a surface, Grace, is you can use it in so many industries, so many opportunities to use it in a new and innovative way. You know, it's better than a laptop because you can move it from lab to lab. So he could go check vitals of everyone. Yeah, he knows everyone's vitals. <laughs> anyway, Jesse says, don't sound so disappointed. And Dr. Maxfield says, so tell me about your night. 
Jesse says, well, Caroline Forbes took me to a party in Mystic Falls. And then it's kind of a big blank. So I must have been really drunk. Dr. Maxfield says, cool. He says, idiot. (laughs) Dr. Maxfield says, what's causing your memory loss didn't come in a red cup. Why did he talk like this? Let's just tell him what happened. He says, it appears you have vampire blood in your system, which means, and he doesn't stop to explain what a vampire is to Jesse. Because at this point, Jesse's like, what? He says, vampire. Dr. Maxfield says, which means you were either injured to the point of needing to be healed or someone wants to turn you into a vampire. I'm guessing the former, and I'm guessing you were compelled to forget. Jesse says, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Jesse's like, you just threw a lot of words at me. Dr. Maxfield says, it's nothing to worry about. The good news is, Having vampire blood in your system is step one to creating a new vampire. This is step two. And then he injects Jesse with something. Yeah, like some kind of poison. And Jesse convulses and then he dies. And we know he dies because he's hooked up to a machine that flatlines. A heart monitor, yes. In case you know what the machine is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The point is it flatlines. I'm in my science bag. Yeah. And that is where we end the episode. So... We've talked about a lot of the other stuff, but let's talk finally about Dr. Maxfield and Jesse and what the fuck is going on here. I'll say this, and maybe this will come back to bite me. I feel so confident that I know what's going on here. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's hear it. So I've said this a little bit earlier in the episode, but let's get into the details of it. The main part that I feel confident in, I'll start with, and then some of the other ones are not the things I feel really confident in. So just to clarify that. Yeah. So just just the first part, I want you to know that I'm confident okay. in. Don't hold me to the others. So I think he is in his lab studying vampirism and kind of how it affects like the bloodstream, whatever, biology. What do you think specifically he's studying in vampires? I think this predator-prey dynamic is an example, but I think it's kind of like how you become a vampire, vampire. And I think he's trying to find a cure for vampirism because I think it's possible that he's a vampire that got turned against his will which then why are you turning other people against your will i don't know but he seems like an asshole and he's trying to figure out how to alter vampirism or potentially how to turn into a vampire without vampire blood like how to synthetically or how to synthetically make vampire blood to heal people medically okay that's actually a really good guess i'm gonna stick with that last one okay so you think he's trying to synthetically create vampire blood yes okay microbiology yeah okay i'm landing on that Took me a few times to get there. Um, And so you're really, really confident that that's exactly what's going on. Yes. I'm not confident that he's a vampire, but I'm confident that he's studying vampires in his lab. And that's why he's turning Jesse to become sort of a test subject. Do you think Jesse is his first test subject? No, because I think another test subject killed Megan. Interesting. How many test subjects do you think he has? And do you think we know any of them? Let's say five. Okay. And I think he's kind of concentrating them at the university. Sure. Do you think he's letting them out and about or do you think they're pretty much confined to his lab? I think he's letting them out and about, but he's like having them check in. I think there's also a potential, you he's know, having them check in about what? No, check in with him and I'll get to it. Okay. Like check in with him after they go places. And this sure. is why I think that's a possibility. But, yeah. So I'm not being an idiot. I have a point. Okay. It's super weird <laughs> that Jesse, <laughs> that's the point. Um, <laughs> the point is it's super that's weird. it. This whole thing is super weird. <laughs> It's super weird that Jesse went to an event, got injured, doesn't remember he got injured, and then came immediately to get his vitals checked. Why did he get his vitals checked if he didn't know he was injured? I think somebody, Dr. Maxfield or maybe another one of his test subjects, compelled him to come back to Dr. Maxfield's lab right after this happened while the vampire blood would still potentially be in his system. Because we have to imagine, we know there's the Grace and Gilbert connection. 
So we have to imagine Dr. Maxfield has an understanding of Mystic Falls being kind of a hot spot. He knows about Elena, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's not really, I don't think he's trying to kill vampires. You know, I think he's trying to get more. Do you think he knows about Elena? He knows that she's Grayson's daughter, but do you think that he knows that she's a vampire? Didn't she kind of imply it to him? I don't remember exactly. I mean, she implied to him that she knows that he faked Megan's death certificate. So that she knows about vampires. But I think it would be a pretty big leap for him to guess she was a vampire. Not to say he didn't make it. But because she's Grayson Gilbert's daughter, he might think that like she just knows about them. What do you make of the Grayson Gilbert connection to this? See, I do think that's interesting because I do get the sense that Dr. Maxfield is studying vampires like from the side of vampires, because if he hated vampires, why would he be turning people against their will? So I think Grayson is weird because we know that Grayson was like pretty anti-vampire, pretty aggressively. Yeah. So I do think this could have been a bit of a rivalry between them and that maybe Grayson Gilbert was like fighting against him being able to do this. Mm -hmm. Maybe Dr. Maxfield cut their brake lines in their car. Even though Dr. Maxfield, you know, has been pretty positive and like kind of admirable about Grayson to Elena. Of course, he's saying this to Elena, so it's possible that's all faked. Yeah, but he may have been like admired, like his gusto and his work Mm -hmm. and his connection to vampires. But he may like maybe he was Grayson's like grad student, like that maybe he worked under him and saw that he understood about vampires. And maybe Grayson was trying to get into the science of vampires a little bit. And Dr. Maxfield saw that and like respected that approach, but like maybe Grayson was trying to use science to eradicate vampires. I said the eugenics thing already for Grayson. What do you think Grayson was trying to do to eradicate vampires? Was he looking for a cure or was he doing something else? I think probably a cure or like to understand like how vampires work because we know the Founders Council in season one knew next to nothing. So he may have been, you know, their inside man trying to figure stuff out. Now he wasn't doing a great job. Obviously he wasn't getting enough information. His doctor (laughs) career got in the way. Too many fucking babies had to be delivered. Oh my God, they just keep coming. Pregnancy. (laughs) But so I think Dr. Maxfield worked under him and then saw like potential to use this in more of a Dr. Fellian sort of way. What does that mean? Curing. Oh, Dr. Fellian. Dr. Fell. Ian. I thought that was like, a, I thought that was a more official science term. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> making it up. Do you think we'll be seeing more tests run on Jesse? And how do you think this bodes for Jesse's life? Do you think this makes him safer or less safe? I think less safe, but I do also think like Dr. Maxfield wouldn't be turning someone into a vampire, like because he clearly doesn't have access to vampire blood himself. You said he has like five test subjects who are vampires. That's true. So wouldn't he have access to vampire blood? But, okay. (laughs) Well, maybe. But but he was quick to turn Jesse like as soon as he saw he had vampire blood. And if he was going to turn Jesse just whenever, you would think he would have blood to do that. So, you know, maybe this is his first test subject. (laughs) I can go back and forth. It's falling apart. Okay, my main thesis is not. I just want to make that clear. (laughs) The part I'm confident in, I'm very steady on. Yeah, no, I I, I hear what you're saying. Here's the other thing I want to ask you about. He knows that Jesse was with Caroline Forbes all day and he returned with vampire blood in his system. Do you think Dr. Maxfield now thinks that Caroline is a vampire and how does that bode for Caroline? I think he probably realizes that at this point. Mm -hmm. He sent him to Mystic Falls. He could have gotten vampire blood another way. But he already made the connection that he was probably given vampire blood to heal. So that's not a crazy leap to figure out that Caroline is probably the one who gave it to him. I mean, it doesn't bode great for Caroline, 
but I do think she'll get into that class now. <laughs> I think she's going to get a job in that lab right quick. <laughs> but I also think it's going to be a, a different game because it is a question of how much is Dr. Maxfield willing to be open about this and to who, because, you know, Jesse is probably going to be seeking out Caroline if he can, because mm-hmm. the compulsion will have come undone. So he'll be like, hey, what was that situation? So I think it depends if Dr. Maxfield wants to keep him away from Caroline or not. Sure. Working under the assumption that Dr. Maxfield is using Jesse as a test subject, do you think Dr. Maxfield might be interested in a al- in an alliance with other vampires? Or do you think he would want Caroline or Elena, if he finds out they're vampires, as test subjects? I think kind of a combination. Like, I think he would want to use them as test subjects, but would, like, work with them in a way. I mean, I think we have to, like, we'll have to kind of see how this Jesse thing works out because... I'm under the assumption that he already had a test subject that went and killed Megan. Mm -hmm. And who knows, maybe he killed that vampire before doing that. Sure. In that case, either that it's possible that that test subject was held and then got out and immediately killed someone. And that's why, you know, they killed someone because they were hungry. So do you think that test subject has now been killed or is still on the loose? I think killed. Gotcha. Or like locked back up. Although if you're going to lock them back up, you might as well kill them. They got out once. Ain't that the truth? Any other end of episode thoughts you want to add? So I do think we're in this situation where Stefan and Caroline are bonding. Sure. Stefan's going to lean on her. You want to talk about Steriline? A little bit, just barely. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Let's talk about Steriline. And and I'll tell you why I want to talk about Steriline. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I fear it's for some other reason. I think you might know. Um, So they're friends. You know, I think Stefan's going to need to get away from Mystic Falls for a while. Sure. And I think Caroline's happy to indulge him in that. And what's a great place to just let your worries go? New Orleans. New Orleans, Louisiana. So you think Stefan and Caroline are going to go to New Orleans? Yeah. And do you think that Caroline might kiss Klaus while she's there? I think she'll see Klaus while she's there. It's hard to say if they'll kiss. I mean, I can be hopeful. I would say yes. So I so I really wanted to talk about Caroline is the thing. We've been talking a little bit too much about Stelena and Steriline. We need to get it back. Get Stefan out of here. <laughs> no, get him in here. <laughs> But that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.